welcome to Level with Emily Reese. This is music by Kenny Young for the iOS game called Wonder Worlds. It's a world-building game with different themes as templates for the things that you create, and Kenny wrote sets of music for those templates. I didn't know the music operated like that in the game, so when I heard the first track, I had this set of expectations about what I'd hear next. But that is not how the music works in the game, and that's one of the most fun things about it. That's kind of where we started off with our conversation. You'll hear us mention Media Molecule a few times also, and that's the company that brought us games like Little Big Planet and Tearaway, and where Kenny worked as audio director for several years. Here we go. This score, Kenny, is delightful, and I love hearing this synthwave side of you because it's wonderful. And yeah, it's super, super good fun stuff to write. And it's interesting because there's often like a a bit of a retro uh, side to my work, and it sort of started out as, I guess, being a little bit of experimental a few years ago when I was at Media Molecule, and then over time has somehow sort of become <laughs> like a stronger note. It's just something that I really like. I don't even know why. Um, I think I wonder if it's because I'm a sound designer as well, and, you know, there's more of a production challenge in trying to get those, like, older sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that That might be it, but it's I enjoy that, and I like I like enjoy the challenge of trying to make it sound... Well, like authentically old um yeah it's just sort of a little aesthetic challenge to yourself to try and pull that off and, yes um, the synthwave stuff is as well i guess going back to my childhood too um and and it helps that that's massively in vogue right now <laughs> there's a lot of stuff to be inspired by because the, the interesting thing about synthwave is that it, although it's you know got a lot of the the sound of the 80s or early 90s and video games and popular music influences. It's not trying to be 100% that. It really is just the sound, but then the kind of... Because it doesn't sound like 80s music. It sounds like it's got 80s mm-hmm. sounds in it, but mm-hmm. it's not... None of this music sounds like it's from the 80s. Right. Um, so which is kind of weird, but that's what's nice about Synthwave is it's sort of the best of both worlds, sort of modern... Some modern production techniques and sort of different... Uh, sensibilities combined with the sounds of the, the 80s and yeah I just went I just loved writing that stuff Really, three tracks on there that are sort of fit that mm-hmm. uh, that genre. Yeah, um, well, <laughs> I, I don't even know if it's proper synthwave or whether it's retro wave or yeah, or who what. knows? I I <laughs> wouldn't even know. But but the funny thing is, is that when you start listening to the soundtrack, that's not what it sounds like at all. It's not anywhere <laughs> yeah. near synthwave. So, and then that uh, fourth track, I think it is. I can't I can't recall right off the top of my head, but. Um, and I wish I would have written it down because it's one of my favorite tracks, totally. Um, it, it, it's the very first synthwave one, and it's oh yeah, cool, Sparksville, New Jersey. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but let's save that for just a half a minute because I okay. want you to tell us about the game. Yeah, that that segues though because I think 
you know, typical of 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 uh, of a platforming game. The reason the music changes from one style to another is that the game's sort of divided up into these three worlds, sure. um, with the three collections of levels that have three different art styles, and so the so the music sort of changes to to fit that. Um, so yeah, just justified, although a slightly strange listening experience as an album. Um, but that was kind of the the intro to this project for me was. It was a bit unusual in that rather than being asked to sort of score the game, I was asked to basically write an album of music. And the reason for that is that the the game Wonderworlds is a user-generated content experience. So the, the music can be used by people who are building levels. Um, it's an iOS game, so, you know, which you might not immediately think lends itself to build, building a game on an iPad, but um, you know anyone who's seen their kids playing with uh, you know Minecraft on their mm-hmm. iPad knows that that it's, de- it's definitely a thing <laughs> can be done. <laughs> yep. And um, so so yeah, it's 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 uh, it's got a bunch of levels in it which have been made by Glowmade, the developer. But then of course there's all the user generated content tools for building your own levels. And so the music's a library of tracks. So in that regard, it's very similar to my work on Little Big Planet. Um, where it wasn't just me writing music, there was other composers, and of course there was a licensed soundtrack. Mm-hmm. But the, normally, obviously, when you're writing music for a game, you're kind of scoring uh, particular moments, particular levels, particular locations, particular things that happen. When it's a user-generated content game where people can put whatever music that you've made available to them in their level, the kind of that kind of context becomes irrelevant and actually a little bit like unhelpful baggage because if you score the game too tightly you're then reducing the reusability of the music for all the different contexts and levels that people can can build so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so i obviously had a bunch of experience there from little big planet um mm-hmm. having put that stuff together and uh some of the people making the game at glomade are ex-media molecule people who have that heritage too so mm-hmm. so we kind of knew that's why even though it was an unusual request it wasn't crazy to ask me to basically just write an album of music so it's kind of influenced by the game and the setting but ultimately i was just like kind of writing music that that i wanted to write and that um you know we discussed the brief together about what they wanted and so those first three tracks are what i kind of describe as uh, retro infused island vibes <laughs> stuff is um the kind of art direction for that was kind of polynesian islands um and it was interesting when i first played it and they said they wanted it to be like an it's like island music and i was so i came back to them with like you know a bunch of suggestions was like did you mean the caribbean did you mean you know the uk like did you mean something more continental and maybe some latin sounding but they were like oh no it's polynesia i was like oh i did not get that from playing the game at all and they were like oh that's bad we'll we'll up the (laughs) polynesian side to the art direction um so for me there's it's got that aspect of it's actually fairly subtle there's um some polynesian um percussion sounds in there which most people won't notice but now that pointed out you can probably hear there's a lot of wooden uh, percussion in there Mm -hmm. um 
and then one track the second track uh, has you know conch cells shells um, in it did you did you use real conch shells that's a sample damn it <laughs> It's not like it's easy. You know, conch no, shells aren't I mean, the easiest thing in the world to play. Oh, you, you know I looked into it, but the big conch shells are super expensive. Yeah. Oh, my word. I couldn't quite justify it for that for that one track. If it was going to be a whole soundtrack of conches, I would have been, would have gone there. <laughs> well, now there's an idea. Um, um, and then I, I was going to say, so that, the other element there is like the vocal elements. And that's primarily in there for just to make it quirky and fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like originally, we were talking about you know Bobby McFerrin um, being probably you know the most well-known proponent of the sort of vocal acapella multi-track thing, and <laughs> yeah. we, did, we, th- we thought that was maybe a little bit too strong, so we just sort of pulled it back to sort of vocal bass, doubling up on some of the bass instruments, and then I pulled out the Kenny backing singers. <laughs> 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 on, a, on, a, on a couple of the tracks, uh, which is good fun. track was that you some something in my eye is that what that one's called oh yeah yeah but it's it's vocoded so i'm still hiding i suppose because I was encouraged to be a little bit more self-indulgent in that I wasn't scoring the game too tightly. I just thought I would see if I could get away with <laughs> writing a song and putting it in there. Um, the synthwave stuff is is set in um, kind of what we internally refer to as... Uh, oh, I can't remember what the name of the theme is now, but it's like, yeah, it's a very sort of... Uh, oh, Electric City. I think is, is what we called it. So yeah, it had cool. that 80s neon glow thing. So mm-hmm. working in some, um, again, vocal elements which are more sort of synthetic and robotic was was something that um, I've explored on some of those synthwave tracks. And on Something in My Eye, I started out really just, I started out actually with a, a talk box, which is, you know, that's the uh, that's the Bon Jovi living in a prayer. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> I've had one of those for years and not really uh, had an opportunity to, <laughs> to use it on anything. But it wasn't <laughs> quite the right sound, or at least it was a little, it was slightly too novelty-ish, which is weird because I'm totally into <laughs> cheesy pop novelty, uh, as you can hear in that track. Um, but so I went down the vocoder route and it just, it felt more, it felt more retro. <laughs> Which 
which is weird because top box is a real sort of 70s, 80s thing. But anyway, so I, I stuck with that. And then, yeah, there's also the other thing in there is there's a plugin called uh, Chip Speech. I think it's Chip Speech. Yeah. Uh, yeah, by Plog, which is uh, French plugin manufacturer. And so the little backing vocalists in that track are are from this sort of uh, emulation of sort of text-to-speech technology. Um, oh, cool. And you can control the pitch and stuff. So, so it's yeah, it's a it's, it's like a robot, robot, robot band. And I don't know, the idea of a robot having something in their eye <laughs> tickled me. So I thought, let's go with that. That'll, that'll do. Um, so it's weird. I like that because I think like a lot of my music sort of a little bit melancholic in places. And mm-hmm. the, the concept of an emotional robot is in that similar place where it's like it feels human, but it's also slightly silly. <laughs> <laughs> but you almost can't. You almost don't pick up on the silliness because the emotional side of it's stronger. Um, and I, I like that juxtaposition. Um, I use that a lot, I think, in general, just in terms of my, my musical style. Or at least that's how I think of it. Yeah, well, the, there's also this um, lilt. And I mean that not in a, like... Accent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should choose a different word. Uh, <laughs> There's no, there's like this genuine kindness and warmth and sometimes innocence and melancholy. Um, but yeah. there's just, there's just such a, you know, light that yeah. I always hear in your music and it's cool. great. Awesome. Yeah. Wow. It's nice to bring the light <laughs> in, <laughs> into people's lives. <laughs> so, well, tell us more about some of the instruments you play because, you know, as we've established, there are there are a lot of acoustic things that happen here. I know you're playing fiddle and there's more stuff like that. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, the most acoustic track is the last one fleeting, which is, mm-hmm. uh, it's weird. I don't, I don't know how many instruments are in there. It's, it's, I think I might've called it a quartet in places I've been talking about it just cause that's easy for people to understand, but mm-hmm. it's more like a septet or octet, <laughs> uh, with, <laughs> You know, a couple of cellos, viola, and uh, probably at least three or maybe four violins on top there. Again, going back to the user-generated content thing and uh, trying to create a library of tracks, I felt like we needed a track that was a little bit more on the sort of slow and emotional uh, side, mm-hmm. um, and so that's that 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 track filled that hole. And yeah, that was that was in a way that was the easiest track for me to write because that had the least sort of production on it. It really was just me picking up my violin and playing, it. and then it's interesting actually the way of writing stuff because the. I'll quite often work out, you know, the chord progression on on the keyboard first. Because, I mean, I don't have really any keyboard skills, but it's just, you know, get a feel for the flow of the shape of the track. Mm-hmm. But 
or sometimes on guitar. But with this, um, I just picked up the the violin and I'm playing like one note. So I don't actually know what the harmony is going to be until I add, you know, at least one other instrument <laughs> playing <laughs> a different note to see what sort of the, the chords turn into. Um, right. Which is sort of, sort of fun because in, in the way the track then sort of emerges out of the ether um, every time you add a new instrument and you can play with the harmony more that way because um, you've just got every time you do it you're just sort of trying stuff out and mm -hmm. yeah so that's the last track on there fleeting The other stuff it's all i think I'm, I'm not entirely sure how much more acoustic stuff is is in there there's guitar and uh, electric bass which is i think it's the first time that you'll you'll hear some kenny electric bass <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, i think that's on the, maybe the first three tracks the the, the retro island vibe stuff mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. so there's some electric guitar and some and and what do you call it what's the what's the blowy one uh melodica so there's like me pretending to be Stevie Wonder <laughs> <laughs> on uh, one of the tracks. I think that's Scary Prospects, the third track. It's got some melodica in it. a question quick about fleeting which you know mm. the, the last track which is the last track that you were talking yeah. about um <laughs> because it, i don't know how to word this <laughs> i love this track and i said <laughs> i said to jack wall one day a couple of years ago i said you know what somebody needs to do is they need to record a scary horror game score with like a middle school orchestra and he, he was like what are you talking about you know but i i think about that all the time because i think what you get from that is a, is a sound of innocence right and mm, yeah. when i heard that last track you know you didn't put an auto tuner in there you know what i'm saying oh no and yeah, that's yeah, yeah. it's great it's wonderful and and you know what it's probably not at concert pitch <laughs> <laughs> Ap apologies to all the people with perfect pitch who are listening to that track going like <laughs> it's good for them <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, also yeah. because it's those last three tracks are all, you know, they're not all in the same kind of genre in the way that the first three tracks and the middle three tracks are. Those last three tracks are a bit more. They're they're, they're they they go together 
through their <laughs> eclecticism, but they're all very different because cha-cha fever is like that's actually based on some I think it's orchestron samples, uh, which is people will be familiar with the Mellotron, but the orchestron was an, a, a, a record-based sampled keyboard instrument rather than a magnetic tape based hmm. sample instrument and um, had these like you know these LPs that just had these like rhythm loops and stuff on them and yeah so Cha Cha Fever has a Cha Cha sample in it which uh, is it's the, sort of the basis of the track so you know there was me just working out a nice chord progression with that and then building the track out with these different sort of uh, again, quite strongly flavoured retro sounds. Quite a lot of Mellotron based stuff, the organ in there. Oh, I can't remember what else is in there. There's quite a lot of uh, Mellotron on quite a lot of the tracks, actually. Cool. Um, it's just, you know, instant retro magic. Did you do the sound effects as well in the game? In this game? Yeah, yeah. So I, I did did the whole lot there. Yeah, because, I mean, it's you can download it free, and so I did. And I got a chance to play some of it. Uh, oh, cool. And I kind of knew <laughs> right away that you had done it because it all sounded so wonderful and, um, <laughs> oh, like, uh, um, consonant. And yeah. I love, and seriously, I didn't play very much at all, but I love, I did get to the part where you pick up the fluff. Oh, and yeah. Uh -huh. when, <laughs> when you pick up the fluff, a uh, tone sounds that is, you know, in whatever chords the music is yeah. in at the moment, and it's on the beat again. And I love how you do that, how you make it line up. Ah, so the it's not on the beat. Um, that would oh, have just no. been in your head. Um, or it could be that you fight you it could be that you were collecting them on the beat subconsciously because um, that's that is a weird little fun game that I know that I play when I'm playing it is to try and make them <laughs> in tight with the music um but you know you're absolutely right there's metadata in there for, in all the tracks which tracks what the chord is and um the fluff has a tone a pitched tone in it which will pick from a triad. Uh, that matches the the chord so it's always in in tune with the music I mean that's those kind of um, collectible sounds are some of the most important ones in a game um, because, you know, they're, they're the, the sort of fundamental currency mm -hmm. of the player tracking their progress and collecting stuff. So it's it's really important to make those as pleasing and rewarding as possible. And I've used that technique in a, in a few games now, but the the this is the first time I've done it on the collectibles. Um, it always bugged me that the collectibles in Little Big Planet, even though it's like... It's like one of the sounds I'm most proud of because it's like, you know, iconic in the sense that, you know, squillions of people have heard that and not complained about it. So that's... The bubble that's pop? A, yeah, in the yeah. original Little Big Planet. But it had a pitched element as well. But it was just like... And it played a, it played a little tune. So it went through... It did a little arpeggio. Right. Yep. And, then, and yep. then repeated. Uh, and that, that worked, but it was never in tune with the music and it always bugged me. It was just one of those things didn't get time to sort of do properly. Um, but that's when, you know, going into a project and knowing that you wanted to do something... Um, that had that pitched element in it to make it rewarding and then th you're just sort of planning for that up front and saying like <laughs> if we're going to do this then we're going to do it um, mm -hmm. properly so it's not actually a huge amount of work to get that 
um, for the developer anyway. It's a bit more work for me because it means I've got to actually, once I've written a piece of music, I've got to go back and transcribe the chords for everything, uh, which you know only takes half an hour or whatever to do that but it's all time yep, yep. <laughs> on, the, on, the, on the project um, but yeah that's that's worth doing and yeah no I'm glad you noticed that when you're doing that because I mean you've certainly done that many times before where you're working on both um, mm. do you try and do a little on both each day or do you more work in chunks like oh, whenever you chunks. feel like it yeah, it's partly because of the way that, you know, I actually bill the client is that um, for sound work, I'm doing it uh, a daily rate. So I tend to do half a day or a day and charge them for that. I try and avoid doing a few hours here and there because then it just becomes a little bit harder to track. Sure. And it's, and yeah, then you have to do a timesheet and blah, 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 blah. It's just a little bit more hassle. But for music, it's, it's charging per minute of finished music that you've written. Um, so it doesn't matter when I do that, as long as I'm delivering, you know, good mm-hmm. stuff for the client. So they, they don't care either. So I tend to, I, I would generally set my weeks aside, um, and spend, cause it, it would roughly take me, man, there's a lot of production work in these tracks. So it's probably taking me something like six or seven days. So rough, rough, just under two days per minute of finished music. Oh my goodness. Which, which is, well, it depends on the, like I say, it's production heavy, heavy yep. stuff. Because it's, it's yep. not complex music uh, to write, but there's so much attention to detail in, um, sure. you know, the all the little sounds that are in there and then just the polish and the mix and all the rest of it. So just for perspective, because, I, you know, one, two maybe two days per finished minute. And, mm. you know, some composers, when they're working on a big project, will try and do two minutes per day, right? So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's... <laughs> so I'm taking a so, way, way, way longer to uh, Well, I mean, but, do it. you know, but I think a lot of it's... So. Oh, yeah, but it's to do down to the style. I think if you're, um, you know, cranking out music that's to a certain template, maybe in terms of your instrumentation and stuff, you've already got that worked out, um, mm-hmm. then you can obviously uh, churn it out if that's what's required. The other thing um, too, not to interrupt you, but the other thing too is a lot of times the composers that I'm thinking of who write two minutes a day, they're writing mock-ups that aren't like completely fully produced. You know, they're writing mock-ups to then have an orchestra go record it. Right, right. You know, so so yeah, that takes out a lot of that production work. So For sure. Yep. But yes, that gives you an idea of what kind of went into it. So I think, I can't remember, I I think there's probably 30, 35 minutes of music there. So Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you can extrapolate out to work out how long it took me. But so there's, you know, there's a good couple of months there at least of uh, just working on this music. Um, But yeah, no, it's the the best produced music I've ever made because I spent the time on that to make it. There's things about the music I would change, but in terms of the production, like everything is exactly as I wanted it to be. Um, and I'm really pleased about that. You don't get that opportunity normally. Um, this pro- I was on this project for a good, I can't even remember now, but it was it was over a year. So it was up to me. It's, it's, it's down to me to decide how much time I want to spend on the music, basically, because even if I'd not done that, I'm pretty sure the tracks would have mostly been as they are and the client would still have been happy. But um, if you've got the opportunity to just sort of really polish something, that's that's something I love doing because um, I am like <laughs> super anal. And I just, 
I like to make things as as good as I can. And yeah, um, mm-hmm. like I say, like for example, in the the work I had done on Tearaway, um, that stuff really was churned out because um, there just wasn't time to polish that as much as I would like. And hey, it still sounds really good, but mm-hmm. it's that that last little like five percent still takes a lot of time <laughs> yeah. to, to, to do it um yeah and if you get the chance to do that or you can afford to pay other people to <laughs> to do that with you <laughs> then um then yeah that's 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 nice to be able to do that on the project because you demoed or because you because you had mentioned that some of the guys who uh, made the game were from Media Molecule. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, in particular, Johnny Hopper, who um, Johnny coded the Poppet user interface, which was how you built, you know, all the levels in Little Big Planet, controlling on your control pad and moving the mm-hmm. cursor about in the screen and all the functionality in there. Um, so I knew Johnny from working with him on Little Big Planet 1 and 2, and uh, he'd started this this company several years ago and we'd been speaking over that time just like you know when we're ready would you like to work together type conversation it's like yeah so as far as i'm aware i'm the only person they really spoke to about this stuff sure which is which is nice yeah (laughs) (laughs) to not have any competition and i didn't really know originally if i was going to be doing sound and music or whether they just wanted me to do the sound uh and um maybe they wanted to use production music or 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 whatever but um yeah i was i was it was nice to be asked to do that writing melodies just like good melodies you know cool because that's that's... hard and you're very good at it yeah (laughs) well i don't find it hard at all (laughs) and i i do seriously it's like it's just not i do not sweat over that stuff at all i do i do i live in constant fear that i'm ripping (laughs) someone off um because you know when you because especially with a strong melody i think you're much more likely to stumble on something that someone else has done so Mm -hmm. it is it is it's it's difficult because when you come up with something you're like that's great where have i taken that from because surely that's been done before um <laughs> that's that's tricky but i think i don't know i guess a lot of my influences aren't the same as other other people's and i do relate it all going I th- well, i've told you this before when we've spoken in the past but i relate it to being a fiddle player and you know that sure. is a melodic instrument mm-hmm. uh, and a dance instrument um and so you can hear both that strong melody and i think I don't know if it makes you want to dance, <laughs> but in terms of the you know the simplistic structure and the sort of the binary form of most of the of the stuff that I write is super poppy uh, and uh, yeah, 
So I think I think I, that can explain it from that. <laughs> sure. uh, it's just how I think, you know. It's just yeah. who I am and to sort of have that as part of you since you were really young. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's why I, I find that relatively effortless. Um, a lot of my ideas come to me when I'm making a cup of tea. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's like my... There's, some, there's something really powerful about ritual and, you know, making a cup of tea is... You know, is a is it's a form of ritual because you know it's, it's the same every time. You have got your little process. You fill the kettle. You put it on. Mm-hmm. You and it's in that bit when you're waiting, right? That is that magic moment where it's not enough time to go back to work or to do anything else. So you yeah. just stood there by the kettle and it's boiling, it's boiling, boiling. And I'll I'll be like I'll be start. I'll just be singing, probably out loud. And then I'll be like, oh, oh, hold on, that's good, that's good. And I'll run into another room because now the kettle's making a noise. So it's noisy. So I run into another room, shut the door and record into my phone um, the thing that's popped into my head. And so I've got... Um, that's, I think that's, that's been the case for, for years, but it's only since I've you know, been writing more music and gone freelance that I've made a concerted effort to record that stuff. So my phone is jammed full of lots of little ideas for a beat a melody or just like the intro to a track or, or the hook it's not mainly hooks actually just like some kind of rhythmic thing that I know would be a nice template that just needs a, a catchy chord progression to drive it <laughs> such a pleasure to speak with you and I love the score and can't wait for next the next one well cheers Emily yep always a pleasure and yeah for listening to episode 90 of Level with Emily Reese. You can learn more about Kenny Young at oddbod.com, that's A-U-D-B-O-D.com, and at patreon.com slash level. There's a playlist on our Patreon page as well. I'm Emily Reese. Sam Keenan is our producer. Say hi, Sam. No. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Level with Emily. And learn more about us at levelwithemily.com, made possible by Adam Selvage at Tiki Web Services and composer Brad Gentle. Level with Emily Reese is a production of June Media Incorporated.